Hey oh, welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed stuff love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say this journey is so much more fun with the bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Welcome, Corinne, to this week's episode. I am so excited to have you on. I like fangirl over your content all the time. I binge your podcast every single week. So share a little bit about you, what it is that you do, and where you're at. Yay, Michaela. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. You know, I love talking about this. So I'm Corinne. I'm a certified holistic nutritionist, and I help reproductive aged women really learn about their bodies, learn how their hormones are so intricately connected to everything that they do and they affect their bodies and then how to use nutrition, lifestyle, cycle syncing, supplementation, all that stuff to improve their overall health, which will then improve their hormones. So I got into this space because um, I was struggling with my own health. I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, but I didn't know I had it for like ever. I had no idea. I just had an irregular period since I first got my period, which I didn't think was a big deal. I thought it was normal because I was just like, oh, this is just how my period is. My gynecologist never made a big thing out of it. Um, But then it went missing for two years. So I was like, hmm, seems like something's wrong. Um, And I started experiencing a lot of digestive issues um, like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. I had migraines and acne and facial hair growth and all the things. And I, you know, everything was treated like it was separate, like everything wasn't connected and it was just all these random things happening in my body. So eventually I turned to books and resources and nutrition and things like that to try and figure out what was going on. And it made an insane difference in my body. So I went back to school for nutrition. Um, I was a teacher for nine years. I should have started with that. I was a teacher. Um, I taught Spanish and ENL in a public school. I left that in August of 2020 to run this business full time. Um, but yeah, that's how I got back into or got into the nutrition space because it had such a profound effect on my life that I was like, I need to like be certified in this and help as many women as possible. That I feel like there's so many things that we can just like pick apart and this episode could be like five hours long. Because just like you as a human, like you are truly a powerhouse. Like you have so many tools in your toolbox and like so many things to share. And I really want to start off just like the superficial level of like for the listener who's listening and she's like, the only thing I know about my hormones is that I was put on birth control when I'm 15 and mm-hmm. here we are. So what are some like just very basic principles maybe that you teach early on, things to look for when you know that your hormones are out of balance and things like that? Yeah. Okay. I love that. Well, if that's you listening, welcome to the club. I'm pretty sure every <laughs> single woman on the planet has had that experience until yes. they start learning about it mm-hmm. because unless you seek out information on your own, you're not taught this information in school. Um, so I feel you, I've been there and hormones. Okay. Hormones are chemical messengers in your body. So they essentially control what goes on in your body, how things operate, how long things are going to take. Like they, they control everything because our endocrine system is the basis of our hormonal system. And our endocrine system is a series of glands throughout the body. And that secretes hormones that then tell other parts of your body what to do, how to do it, when to do it. So they're chemical messengers in your body. And we tend to think that our hormones are only 
connected to our reproductive organs. Our hormones only have to do with our period and with getting pregnant. Um, I mean, that's what I thought anyway, but it's so much more than that because everything in your body is connected. We're holistic beings. They're not like separate. Like when I was talking about myself, my migraines, my digestive issues, the facial hair growth, the irregular period, all of it was connected. It was all coming from one root cause of the PCOS and then where the PCOS come from, my root cause was inflammation. So it all started from one place. And because our hormones are connected to everything, it might seem like there's so many random things going on in your body, but it's really not because your hormones are connected to everything. So first of all is to know that your hormones are way more, do way more in your body than just give you your period. Um, of course, if you have an imbalance, it could affect your period, obviously. Um, but it's a lot more than that. So like if you right now are like, well, how would I know if I have a hormone imbalance? Some signs and symptoms of that, of course, we'll start with the period stuff. So it could be an irregular period, which means, all right, well, a regular period looks like your cycle comes anywhere from about 25 to 35 days. And when I say cycle, I mean day one of your period, which is the day you start bleeding until the day before you start bleeding again. That's how you count it. So anywhere in the range between 25 and 35 days of a cycle. Um, and that doesn't mean that sometimes it's 25, sometimes it's 34, sometimes it's 26. It's generally give or take a few days around the same time. And, um, you know, it's like a bright cranberry red blood. It starts, it stops. There's none of this random spotting here and there, like all that stuff that can happen from an imbalance. That's like what a normal regular period looks like. So an irregular period is anything that falls out of that window where you're just like not sure when it's coming. It maybe skips a month here or there. That's how my journey started. Obviously a missing period. Um, if your period is painful, that is not normal. That's a sign of an, of an imbalance. If it's really, really, really heavy um, or really clotty, that's another sign of imbalance. Or if it's really light um, and you're not really getting it a lot, it's kind of scanty. And then outside of the period world, other symptoms you could be experiencing are migraines, acne, digestive issues, um, skin rashes, um, fatigue, 3 p.m. slump, weight gain, and you just don't know what's causing it. It's really hard for you to maintain a healthy weight. Um, cravings, uh, brain fog. Did I say that already? I can't remember. <laughs> Sleep disturbances. <laughs> Um, so many different, those are like the most common ones that people experience that are, could be tied back to your hormones. I love that. And I like, it just blows my mind as I'm learning more about my own hormonal health and why I chose to bring on the podcast is cause like, I realize how uneducated we are mm -hmm. and like from such a young age, like it's like, here's a pill, fix your period and yep. hope, hopefully you figure it out later on down the road. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enough people are talking about the holistic way to approach it, which is why I love the stuff that you put out. So listeners listening to this, she just heard you list off this big long list of like <laughs> abnormalities. And she's like, Oh my God, <laughs> like what I'm like, what's going on within my body is like not quote unquote, right. Or, you know, mm -hmm. it's broken or I'm flawed. What does she do? Where does she start? How does she start making changes? What kinds of things can she seek out? And what is your advice there? Oh, so good. Okay. So first of all, you're not broken, right? This is what happens. And if we think about how intricate our hormones are and how our hormones respond to our internal and external environment, meaning what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, the toxic chemicals that are around us, the environmental toxins, stress, lack of sleep, nutrient deficiencies, our, our hormones respond to its internal and external environment. So of course, in our normal modern day world, it's societal, like it's expected for women, especially to 
just go, go, go. You're constantly grinding. You're, you're putting off sleep. You'll sleep when you're dead. You just got to keep working. You have to do everything else for everybody else. We're maybe eating a lot of processed foods because we're on the go or we're not eating a lot and we're working out too much. All of these things are, of course, going to affect your hormones. So you're not broken. It's just that you've never learned how to actually support your hormones. You've just seen what works for influencers, what works for men. um, And that stuff does not work for women. But how would you know? Like, you can't blame yourself because how the frig would you know this unless you've so, like seeked out information about it? So first things first is you're not broken. Your body's just literally responding to what's going on inside of it. And that's how it's supposed to work. Your body's just super, super smart. So the place that I would start, um, oh my gosh, there's so many, so many things. So the basic principles for keeping your hormones happy, um, it's none of the sexy stuff. It's none of the fun detoxes and herbs and all these things that might seem cool. Um, It's none of that. It's the basic stuff like sleeping, making sure that you're actually sleeping. You're getting at least eight hours of sleep. Your body, your hormones will never be able to function properly if you're not getting adequate sleep. And this is something that's really hard for a lot of people, whether you're going back to school right now, you're in school and you're working, you have multiple jobs, maybe you are a business owner or you have a you have a like nine to five and now you're growing a business. Like there's so many different things, so many um, reasons that could cause us to skip sleep. And the mentality of, oh, well, I have to wake up at like four in the morning to get my boot camp class in before I go to work. And that's more important because that'll help me lose weight than sleeping. And it's totally, it's totally different. So it's shifting our mindset around instead of thinking of what's going to make me lose weight, because I feel like that's what most of us think of when we're trying to get healthy. It's like, how can I maintain my weight? What do I have to do? And thinking about what's going to support my hormones, what's actually going to support my body. So sleeping is huge. Um, Making sure that you aren't, you're starting your day in a place that's actually going to balance out your blood sugar, which you're probably like, I don't know what the frig that means. I'll get into it. Um, Your blood sugar, when it's dysregulated, it causes so many issues with our hormones. And like I said, this mentality of waking up, chugging coffee, then taking pre-workout, going to workout, then maybe having breakfast, maybe it's like a bagel or something quick or a protein bar, or maybe it's a shake, whatever it is, is ruining your hormones because we need to set up our blood sugar in a really stable place first thing in the morning. So I would start with your morning routine. Start with having a really good night's sleep, waking up, having a glass of water having warm lemon water. I'm such a proponent of warm lemon water, which people are like, wow, cool. Like this is so basic, but it really helps like so much. So good. Right. When you like first share that on one of your podcast episodes, like when you first start your podcast, I started doing that every single morning. I didn't drink pre-workout for like a month and a half. My friends were like, you're crazy. I was like, but I don't need it. Exactly. I fell fell back into the routine of pre-workout, but we're working working on it. It does work. You just like consistency. Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like such a little thing and it's the little things that actually matter. So these little things, like these little tips that we hear and then we're like, okay, whatever, like give me the good stuff. Like what, what else can I actually do? What can I take? What, what more can I do? And it's the little steps 
each day that actually support your hormones. So starting your day with water, rehydrating your cells, hydrating your brain, having warm lemon water. Lemon, why do I have warm lemon water? Is because first of all, the warmth, we want something warm in the morning to stimulate our digestion um, because our digestion is huge, very, very tightly connected to our hormones because our liver processes and metabolizes our hormones and moves it on to our gut. And then our gut eliminates any excess hormones, any toxins, all that out of our body through poop. So we want to stimulate that digestive system first thing in the morning. Because when you're sleeping, your body is doing cellular repairs, your gut is repairing, it's clearing out all the waste, it's getting everything ready. So then when you wake up, you could eliminate in the morning, you could go to the bathroom and get it all out. So we want to stimulate that digestion with the warm water, with the lemon. It also has a lot of vitamin C in it. So it boosts your immune system and naturally boosts your energy and it does support your liver. So that's why I say start with that. And then if you are someone who does do pre-workout or coffee or whatever, I urge you to have breakfast first. Please have breakfast before you have any form of caffeine because it's going to help stabilize your blood sugar. Because when we have caffeine first thing in the morning, it's spiking our cortisol levels. And your cortisol, when your um, circadian rhythm, which is your sleep and wake cycle, when that is regulated, when that's balanced out, your cortisol will naturally already be higher in the morning. That's what actually wakes us up and makes us feel awake in the morning. So then when we're having pre-workout or caffeine, it's jacking up the cortisol levels even more. And then if you're working out, obviously your cortisol levels are going to go even higher. And this continuous height in cortisol levels, aside from just that morning routine, then going into work, maybe you're in traffic going to work and you're stressed out from that or you're stressed out from deadline, just any stress that happens throughout the day is even further going, uh, boosting up that cortisol level. When that happens, it's of course going to fatigue, right? And our cortisol is one of the top tier hormones that affect everything else. So if our cortisol is negatively affected, it's going to go and affect our estrogen, our progesterone, our testosterone, our insulin, all the other hormones that are in our body. And it also, when we need to continuously produce more cortisol, it robs us of progesterone, which is one of our sex hormones. And it's really, really crucial. Progesterone helps support your metabolism, your thyroid, your bones, your skin, your nails. It helps nourish a pregnancy, all the things. And when we're really stressed out or when we're having this coffee and this pre-workout and then working out and our cortisol levels are really high, it's robbing us of whatever progesterone levels we do have and in order to make more progesterone, uh, more cortisol. And that causes a lot of problems with your hormones. So that was a whole tangent, but I would suggest starting with sleep and starting with your morning routine, making sure that you're having water in the morning, you're having a breakfast that's full of protein, healthy fats and fiber, and really setting up a really good um, balanced blood sugar for the rest of the day. I love that. That was so much gold. Like, I can't wait to go back and like re-listen to that. And like tomorrow morning, I'm getting my lemon water back. Into yes, do it, <laughs> Michaela, do it. <laughs> and I love that you emphasize like it's the small things that you do on a day-to-day basis, whether that's yeah. in your hormones, your habits, your everyday life, your work, like everything that you do, it's the small mm-hmm. things that are going to compound. And I think we live in such an instant gratification world that like totally. we want to drink lemon water and tomorrow we want to feel like our best energy. And so it's like you have to... To consistently do the things if you want to create the change totally. and to just chat about the little breakfast tidbit for the listener who's listening and she's like I'm just so busy like I don't ever eat breakfast like I just run straight out the door what like quick effective breakfast ideas do you have because I feel like a mm. lot of people struggle with breakfast yes so good okay so I I'll talk about two different things you could do so for breakfast, I love having a smoothie, especially if you're starting out on your journey. If you're a little further into the journey and you're into cycle syncing, that's a whole nother topic. So a smoothie might not be supportive in every phase of your cycle, but when you're just getting started out for ease 
full purposes, right? Just make it as easy as possible. I recommend making a smoothie and making it in a, in batches. So you make three to four at a time and then you have them and you don't have to worry about breakfast for the next three to four days. You could have it on the go. You could have it when you're driving to work. You could have it when you're in your morning meeting. Like it's very easy to bring with you. And it's a really great way to pack a ton of nutrition first thing in the morning to really support your blood sugar, support your digestion, get a ton of nutrients in because our hormones need nutrients in order to function properly. So the way I recommend like a healthy form smoothie formula, I did a podcast episode on this. I have no idea what number it was, but um, it's about having a protein and fiber and fat in this smoothie. So you could do a protein powder. I love Sun Warrior protein powder. That's one of my favorites. There's a ton of other ones, but I recommend a vegan source, a plant-based protein powder that does not have sugar in it. Maybe it has stevia or monk fruit or something to sweeten it up, but that's like you know, just a basic thing to look for. And that's organic. So that's your protein source. You could do a healthy fat of chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, um, hemp seeds. Uh, did I say chia seeds? Yeah, I did. Um, sunflower seeds, whatever, avocado, any type of healthy fat like that, doing two tablespoons of that per serving and then having fiber. So having a ton of greens in there, berries, like all the things that you would normally think that are in a smoothie, but making sure you also have that protein and healthy fat in there to really satiate your hormones. If you're just doing a smoothie and it's just greens and fruit, that's great, but it's not going to keep you satiated. It's not going to balance your hormones out. You really have to make sure you have that healthy fat and that protein with it. So a ratio that I always recommend is 70% greens, 30% fruit, a scoop of a, a vegan, like organic protein powder. Obviously I recommend all organic for this stuff. And then two tablespoons of a healthy fat. And you could do that in a huge batch. So you could obviously, if you're making three or four at a time, you would do six tablespoons of a healthy fat if you're going to have three smoothies. But I always recommend doing it in a batch. Whenever you're cooking anything, make more than what you're actually making. So then you can have it later on. And you don't have to always be cooking all the time um, because that's like something that really stops a lot of people. It's like, I don't have time to prep. It's like, well, nobody has time to make every single meal right then and there during the day. So like batching it. So that's one of my breakfast um, recommendations. And then you could also do like a chia seed pudding or overnight oats where there's tons of recipes on Pinterest for overnight oats. But again, making sure that it has the protein in it. You have some form of a healthy fat. You could just make it in batches and keep it in the fridge. Um, so it's really easy to take on the go. I love that. And those are so simple. And just like anything in life, when you're proactive instead of reactive and like you take that intentional time to plan ahead and realize mm -hmm. that like you got 24 hours in a day, no matter what, like you're yeah. going to use it how you're going to use it. And like the ball falls in your court on that. So I exactly. definitely know that's something that saved me with breakfast and just like everything in general is like, first of all, I can't go without breakfast. I will be yeah, so would angry. Literally die. I could, yeah. Some people are like, oh, I'm not hungry. I could skip a meal. I'm like, I don't know how people do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't relate. But I also think that some people don't know how it feels to feel good. Like 100%. they, they just run in this constant state of like overdrive, low energy, low ambition, and think that that's like how life should be lived. Right. Yes. Yes. I love that you said that. That's so true. Like, People, sometimes people won't take action to improve their health or their hormones because they think that they're fine and they stay in this state of mediocrity and this like comfortable, nothing's really bad, but nothing's really good, but it's really comfy. Like they stay in that spot and you don't realize how good you can actually feel until you start feeling better. And then you're like, whoa, how was I functioning with such low energy? I didn't even realize I had such brain fog. Like you, again, you don't realize it until you feel better. So I love that. 
Yeah, no, that is literally gold. And I, I love that because I think that it also has a lot to do with like what you choose to consume, not just like physically, but also from like a mindset standpoint. Absolutely. And mindset is like something that I absolutely love and personal growth and personal development has completely changed the trajectory of everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you also like to talk a lot about mindset. What are your like, how do you combine your hormone passion and education with your mindset and with, you know, your client's mindset and all that kind of stuff? Mm, so good. I've never been asked that question. Um, well, I think it's everything. I think your mindset is everything. No matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. it starts in your mind. And your mind is, I believe, the most powerful tool that we have once we know how to actually use it. So, right, like, your thoughts create your beliefs, your beliefs, uh, sorry, no, your beliefs create your thoughts, your thoughts create your actions, your actions create your reality. So if you have a belief right now that you are just, you don't have time, like your belief is like, I don't have time to feel healthy. It's, it's, it's too much work to actually put in the effort to feel better. Or this is just how my period is. My body's just always had a painful period. So that's just how it has to be. Or birth control is the only solution. Like what are your beliefs that are actually driving the actions that you're taking every single day and starting there? So that's how I incorporate it with my clients is what are your belief systems right now around what you're doing? Because clearly if your beliefs were ones that supported you, you probably wouldn't have been in this place that you're in right now anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's not to feel guilty or that you should have been doing something different. It's just our beliefs are from most of the time, from our parents, from our teachers, from maybe what we're consuming all the time. Like a lot of times they're not our own and we need to take a second. And when we start realizing things, actually ask ourselves, like, do I even believe that? Is that how I want my life to be? Do I actually believe that to be true for me? And that is going to affect your health because your health isn't just what you're eating and how you're moving your body. It's everything all connected. It's your mindset. It's that's a huge part of it. Your emotions, like it's all one. So the way that you're thinking about your health, the way that you are either positively thinking, whether it's about health or anything in your life or negatively thinking, it is going to affect your health because it manifests in your body. Our thoughts and our beliefs will eventually manifest in physical ways in our body. So always going back to that first, if you're someone who is really struggling in the morning and you're like, I don't have time to like, what are the beliefs that are telling you that you can't get enough sleep or you can't have this in the morning. Like what is, what's actually fueling the actions that you're taking right now. And then how can you change that belief or change that thought into one that's going to serve you. So then you could start taking aligned action towards what you really want in your life and you allow your mind to work for you because you could eat all the salads you want. You could work out all you want, but if you are not addressing your mental and emotional health, you will never truly be happy and reach that level of fulfillment in your life and your health and your business and whatever it is. So we have to take that into consideration. And it's not the sexy stuff. Like that's what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. We want, and most of the time a health journey starts with food because it's tangible. You know, okay, this is something that I should kind of steer away from. This is something that I should add more in. It's a lot easier to um, establish a good routine around. But then we have to go deeper than that, right? So you don't have to do all this at once, you know, start small, but then you need to go deeper than that if you really want to reach that level of health, that level of fulfillment and make it sustainable and something that's going to actually serve you long term. Because if your mind doesn't change, then nothing else is going to actually change in your life. Mm -hmm. 
I I love that because I on the podcast a lot talk about you know creating the internal environment that you want that's going to serve you and so really bringing self-awareness and being able to audit that belief system and say Mm -hmm. this belief is serving me this belief is not serving me and realizing that like you literally create your own reality literally it's always a choice so like yeah you're consuming this social media feed that's just breaking you down and making you get stuck into comparison and then your emails and like all the things and it's like what are you going to do that's going to create a more productive internal environment for yourself and so I want to chat a little bit about energy you talked about like the 3 p.m slump and just talk about like how do, do you have any tangible ways that you like audit your energy or how you kind of tell like what is the 3 p.m slump what does that mean what does it look like Mm, Okay. So we are not meant to just feel like sluggish and tired throughout the day. We're not meant to just have a 3 p.m. slump, meaning it doesn't have to be 3 p.m., you know, that mid-afternoon, whatever time it is for you. Maybe you're driving home from work and you're head bobbing or you're yawning a lot or you feel like it's a lot of effort to then continue through the rest of the day or, oh, I'm going to reach for a coffee now because I don't have the energy that I want to bring to the rest of my day. That is what that 3 p.m. slump feels like. And a lot of times that's coming from blood sugar dysregulation. And we just, society has made us feel that it's normal to need coffee to get through the day, that it's normal to need caffeinated beverages to give us energy. Your body wasn't designed to need caffeine to give you energy. When you're giving your body what it needs and when you're supporting your hormones, because your hormones are in control of our energy output, when you are doing what's supportive to your body, your energy will naturally be there. It's just, it's, it's naturally going to be there. Does that mean that it's always the same? No, it depends on what cycle phase that you're in. So like, as you're getting closer to your period, your hormone levels are, are dipping, they're getting lower. And since your hormones control our energy, when they go lower, obviously your energy levels will be lower, but people who are around their period and they feel completely wiped out, they're like, oh my God, I can't even get out of bed. That is not normal. You will feel a dip in your energy, but you should never feel wiped out. Like you can't get out of bed. Like you can't make it through the day. Like you need caffeine to get through the day. That is not how you're meant to live. And that's just what I get so pissed when I go on Instagram and I'll see a reel of someone who is like, you know, making it so cool to have like a fourth cup of coffee a day. Like obviously like adulting, I'm like, no, like (laughs) this is bullshit. Like this is not how it's supposed to be. So um, what was your original question? I don't even remember. What what does 3 p.m. slump like, look like? Yeah, like what does it look like and like how to like take note or audit your own energy. And so I think that you really just touched on that. Like, you know, okay. like having a, that head bob and like feeling like you need to crawl back in bed. And I feel like some people who are listening to this right now are going to feel personally attacked. Yes, 100%. And, <laughs> and that's okay because I think it's important that we bring self-awareness and like realize that that doesn't have to be reality. Like, yeah. It's like, like you said, like people make a joke of it and it's like, what? Like, no, like I just want to squeeze you and shake you because this is not how it has to be. Like, no, we don't all have to go through our days like walking zombies with like seven cups of Starbucks. Like I know everybody is, especially as like nurses and working 12 hour shifts, people are like, oh, like I just need a IV of caffeine and like I'm just so tired every single day because of my job. But it's like, are you doing the things outside of here? to support your energy, to support your health. And if not, then like, yeah, what's, what's, what's caffeine fixing here, you know? Right. So, and it's like, it's, it's not that you can never be tired and that you're never going to have a tired day. Obviously mm-hmm. that's like not realistic and that's not 
you know, we're humans, but it's, it's knowing and catching yourself and knowing like, oh, maybe something's up. Something must be up if I'm this tired. And, you know, don't blame yourself. I was there. I literally fell asleep tutoring students. When I was a teacher, I actually fell asleep while I was tutoring a student before, Tutor, tutoring a student. It was horrible. So I've been there. So maybe you feel personally attacked, but I've been there. And that's just showing you that you don't need to stay in that place. We think that it's just normal. So then we don't do anything about it. And I'm here to tell you that that's not normal and you can do something to get out of it. Yes, I love that. So say somebody's listening and they're like, okay, I'm the person that needs like, four cups of coffee a day, are you telling them like the best thing to do is to just cut caffeine out of your life? Or is there a healthy recommendation or kind of a more sustainable way? Like say they just like the taste of coffee. Maybe it, like for me, it's not like, I don't feel like caffeine does anything to me. I mm-hmm. love the taste of my pre-workout. I love the taste of watermelon Celsius. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. so like things like that, you know? Okay. So two things on that. I'll do like the tough love and then like the other one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tough love one is like, if when you know better, you do better. Right. So just because something tastes good, doesn't mean that it's a permission slip to constantly consume it. Right. Chocolate cake tastes amazing, but we're not going to have four pieces a day just because it tastes good. And I like the way it tastes because you know that obviously it's not going to support you in, in many different ways, but I don't recommend just stopping cold turkey. I did that when I, because I used to drink coffee all the time. I had coffee, I had my, um, what was it called? International Delight, like French vanilla creamer in there, like the whole nine, right? The former <laughs> life of mine. Yeah. So I cut it completely like cold turkey. That's just kind of how I do things. But I did not feel good. I had a migraine for like a couple days. Like, and you need to know yourself too. If that's not something that's sustainable for you, I would recommend transitioning off of it and just lowering your consumption, making sure, again, like we said before, starting your morning routine, making sure you're having water, lemon water, and a breakfast before you have coffee. That is number one step or before you have pre-workout and looking at the ingredients. Uh, With pre-workout, aside from the caffeine, a lot of times there's also sugar in there, seeing what other ingredients are in there. Can you pronounce every ingredient that's in there? If not, it's probably something that's not supportive to you. Do you really need the pre-workout to get your workout in? Or is it just that this, you see other people on social media with their pre-workout and then working out and you feel like you have to do that? Or can you just do your workout and not need the the pre-workout beforehand? Um, Looking at the ingredients of it. If you are consuming coffee, definitely making sure that it's organic because it is a really highly sprayed pesticide um, crop. So we want to make sure that it is organic and then just starting to reduce your consumption and replacing it with something else. It's kind of like an oral fixation and a comfort at at one point. Like you said, you really love the taste. Some people, it's like a ritual. Like when I get to work, I make a cup of coffee. Or when I leave or get home, I make a cup of coffee. It's it's a ritual, right? So replacing it with something else, having a warm tea latte. Um, There's a lot of good replacements now, like mud water um, or like roasted dandelion root tea that tastes kind of like coffee, having it with warmed oat milk, frothing it up, like, making it just replacing it with something else. Um, And then obviously if you're using it right now for energy, there's so many other things that go into it and just working on your health and your hormones to then generate natural energy is obviously the first step. But if you're just talking in general about getting rid of caffeine, I would just recommend starting to taper off. If you're someone right now has four cups a day, go to three for the next couple of days and then go to two and then go to one and just, and just make it something that's sustainable for you. Cause you don't want it to just stop completely. And then in a couple of weeks, go back to all four again. Right. Cause, cause your body crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say uh, for that. 
I love that. If you know better, you do better. And I'm yeah. going to like play that in my head tomorrow morning <laughs> when I want my pre-workout. And like, I know that I don't need it. I know better. Yeah. So I'm going to do better. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't mean you could never have a cup of coffee if you want to yeah. go meet a friend and stuff like that. Like it's not all or nothing. We're also have a, such a mentality of it's all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. It's just knowing that if it's something you need right now, then there's something else going on. And just knowing that you, you, should no i don't like the word should um it's just knowing that you could feel better and that getting rid of certain things in your life will help you feel better Mm -hmm. and it's all about sustainable change with anything you do like you Mm -hmm. said like approaching it from a way that's realistic for the season of life that you're in and like yes are you gonna have the migraine maybe but but (laughs) like you know slow slow consistent action over time totally um i want to chat about one last thing and that is i feel like we're kind of like all over the board here but that's okay it's fine i love it (laughs) about birth control Mm, i think a lot of people like you know i know that you have so many good podcast episodes about you know the pill and iud and like all those things so i want you to chat about birth control and what it is maybe what it isn't Mm -hmm. and kind of what you've learned throughout your journey and what you're able to best educate on so i'll kind of throw the ball in your court for that one love it okay so birth control is a medication it's a drug and we sometimes don't view it as that because we think it's just like oh i just take it every day it's just my birth control pill like you don't think of it as like a pharmaceutical or a medication but that's what it is and what we're told by our doctors is that birth control will solve whatever problem you're going there with. Whether that is an irregular period, it's going to regulate your period. Whether that's a really heavy, painful period, it's going to help with that. If it's acne, it's going to help with that. It's like a, it's like a cure all quote unquote cure all for any type of hormonal issue. This is just what we're prescribed. Now, obviously if you're on it, I'm not recommending you just stop. I'll talk about that in a second. And this isn't to shame you in any way because this is what we're told. This is the only option that we're given. When we go to the doctor and we talk about the problems that we're experiencing, the only option that we're given is stay where you're at right now or take this pill. So how are we supposed to know any different? This is literally the only option we're given. And of course, I believe that we should have the option to have birth control, of course. But I also believe that we need to have informed consent about what it's actually doing in our body. Because we're told that it's solving our problem, but what it's actually doing is it's putting a Band-Aid on it and it's not addressing the root cause of what is causing the irregular periods. What is going on in your body that's causing your period to be irregular? Because your period is your fifth vital sign. It is your monthly report card. It's literally just as important as the other four vital signs your heart rate, your body temperature, your blood pressure, your breathing rate, and then your period, your menstrual cycle. So if something is up with it, that's your body letting you know that there's something wrong that needs attention. There's a root cause to it. And when you just take the pill, it's putting a bandaid on that root cause. It's like in the book, The Fifth Vital Sign by um, Lisa Hendrickson, Jack, who was on the podcast, she does this analogy of a smoke detector in your house. If a smoke detector was going off, you wouldn't, or like the fur, whether that was because of the fire, or the battery's low, you wouldn't just put a bandaid over it and just like ignore that it's going off and just be like, it'll just be fine. You would figure out what the hell is going on and do something about it. Same goes with your period. So what birth control is actually doing in your body is, and this is, we're specifically talking about the hormonal birth control pill. Doesn't matter what type of pill you're on, low estrogen, it doesn't matter. 
hormonal birth control pill is turning off your ovulation. And your ovulation is one of the phases of your cycle. And the reason, of course, you were like, well, I'm not trying to get pregnant, so it doesn't matter if my ovulation is turned on, but it does matter. Because first of all, it is a normal function of our body. This is the first drug, hormonal birth control is the first drug that actually turns off a completely normal functioning part of our body. And it's turning off our ovulation. And the reason why that's a problem is because when you ovulate, you produce the hormone progesterone. So when you're on birth control, you're not producing the hormone progesterone. Yes, there is a synthetic form progestin that is in the pill, but it is not the same. It does not do the same thing in our body. Like I talked about before with the cortisol robbing us of progesterone, progesterone is created by ovulating. So if you're not ovulating regularly, if you're not getting your period regularly, if you're on hormonal birth control, you are not producing the hormone progesterone. And progesterone, again, supports your metabolism, your bones, your skin, your hair, your nails, your thyroid. It helps nourish your pregnancy, all of these things. So if you're not producing progesterone, you can be causing late problems later in life in your postmenopausal years like osteoporosis, heart disease, all these things that could be happening because we're not producing a hormone that is helping our bone density. That's literally helping our thyroid function, our metabolism. Like it's so important for us to have progesterone in our bodies. So it's turning off your ovulation and it's not giving you a true period. That is not a real period that you're getting when you're on the pill. It is a withdrawal bleed from the medication. When they first created the hormonal birth control pill, they didn't have the sugar pills. There was no bleeding at all that happened. But because this was so long ago, women were like, something's wrong. I'm not getting my period. I must be pregnant. And they're like, no, 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 you're not pregnant. It's just you're on this pill. And no one, the women stopped taking it. They wouldn't take it because they were like, well, I must be pregnant or I have to, I'm supposed to be getting a period every month. What's going on? So then they changed the birth control to have the sugar days where you are quote unquote getting a period. So more people would feel comfortable taking it, but it's not actually your period. So when it says that you're regulating it, you're not regulating it. You're just putting a bandaid on the actual issue. And then when you come off of it, most of the time, if you had an issue going on it, it's going to come back and it could potentially be worse because most of the time people are on birth control for at least a decade. Most, some people come to me, they've been on it for two decades because they were never told anything different. And it also causes anxiety, um, depression, low sex drive, like all of these things that has been really problematic. I've worked with clients who struggled with anxiety and depression before going on the pill. And then it got so bad once they were on it and had no idea that that's what it was from. And their doctor just then gives more medication, gives you an antidepressant instead of saying, oh, the birth control pill does cause anxiety and depression. So maybe if you have anxiety and depression, you should caution going on it because it can make it worse. And just have this knowledge of what it's actually doing in your body so you can look out for stuff that you're experiencing when you are on it and know that it could be caused from the pill. Um, so I know that was like so many, so a lot, but that's no, like that kind was, of the basis. <laughs> that was so good. And I think that that's so important. And I hope the podcast listener just walks away from this, like asking yourself better questions yes. gets you better answers. And yes. so if you start questioning what's going on inside of you and what the doctor is saying, and you know, I think a lot of times that people are afraid that they don't have the knowledge or, you know, like, how can I be a stronger advocate for myself if I don't even know what's going on within my own body? And so it's like Mm -hmm. asking yourself those questions to get better answers, to realize that like, 
there's a bigger problem here. And like you said, like the Band-Aid's going to fall off eventually. Like, yeah. even if they say they're waterproof, they still fall off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like yeah. they're never going to stay off forever. Like the problem is going to resurface. So one last thing for the podcast who's listening. She's like, I don't know how to be an advocate for myself. My like, you know, PCP is just not listening. My OB is not listening. Like what mm-hmm. advice do you have moving forward for somebody who maybe wants to transition off birth control or to start that mm-hmm. conversation, but they're just not feeling heard? Yes. Okay. I love this. So that's probably most women's experience when they go to the doctor. Unfortunately, that's just how, and that's something against the doctors. And of course, like we need them. They're so important. It's the education system. They were not educated on this stuff. So how would they, you know, bring it to their practice? Um, So we can't blame them. However, you are the CEO of your body. You are in control of what's going on. So when I was going to the doctor, I was just offered birth control. I was offered medication. I was offered all these things. And I personally didn't feel aligned with that. I did take medication for my migraines because they were so bad. And I was like, what is going on? Um, But I hated it. But anyway, when you go to the doctor, if you feel like you're not being heard, I would suggest a few different things. Number one, looking for another doctor. There's someone else out there looking for a functional medicine doctor, a naturopath. Yes, it's an investment or working with a holistic nutritionist, whatever it is. Yes, it's an investment. I might not always take insurance, but what is the cost of the opportunity cost of you staying in this practice, whatever that you're at right now, and you're not getting the answers that you need and you're not feeling heard and supported and you're just continuously feeling lost and confused and like, nothing's ever going to work out. So knowing that there is a solution other than medication, medication is not just the only solution that you have. It's not a solution. Like I said, it's a bandaid. There are other options. So either looking for another practitioner or feeling going in there and knowing that they're there to help you. So if they're not listening to what you're saying, I mean, you could sit there and try and convince them and all that stuff, but that could be a little um, overwhelming, right? So maybe go and and be like, okay, I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to start reading books. I'm going to start listening to podcasts like this. I'm going to look into working with other people and being your own CEO of your body and not leaving your health in the hands of somebody else because they're never going to give you what you fully want because they're not in your body. And unfortunately, women a lot of times are um, made to feel like they're crazy and like, oh, you're just, you have mood swings or you're depressed. That's just because you're getting your period. That's just part of having a period or how painful is this? Probably not that bad. Oh, it's an irregular period. It's fine. You only need three a year. All this bullshit. That's not true. Um, Completely, completely false. Um, Most of the time, if if it's a male doctor, that's probably what you're going to hear. Let's just be real. Some females might as well. Who knows? But Knowing that that's not true, that there are other options, reading books. If you want to transition off birth control, of course, I recommend working with someone. Please do not just stop it. It's really, really, really important to make sure that you have a supplement protocol in place, that you are transitioning your body off of medication that you've been on for a while. And knowing that your body now has to relearn how to ovulate and turn your whole hormonal system back on because it's been turned off. Um, a really good book for that is Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. I highly recommend that. It's a really good book for it. Um, And just start, try not to allow it to completely overwhelm you and be like, oh my God, I've been on this for so long. This is, oh my God, it's so freaking out. Like, of course, you know, have your freak out if you want, but then just say, okay, I'm going to take it one step at a time. I'm going to read some books. I'm going to start just opening my mind to it and learning more about it and then seeing what the next best step is and take it one step at a time. I love that. And I think that that's realistic and tangible to be like, you don't have to change it all at once, but 
be realistic and be futuristic because you know you touched on you know like that postmenopausal phase like I personally, 24 years old, I'm not thinking about when I go into menopause and no. beyond. Yeah. But you have to realize that, like, the long-term effects mm-hmm. are taking place today, right now, like, oh, as yeah. you're listening to this. And I think a lot of people just, you know, it's like, be present in the moment, but, like, also CEO of your own health and realize that, you know, you're the person living in your own body, you're going to die in your own body, and, like, that doctor who's not listening or that person who doesn't get it, like it's not your responsibility to convince them, but seek out the resources that you need. And so I think that's a really good ending note. If you have any last things that you want to add, and then also if you want to just chat a little bit about where people can find you, what you're up to, and just share about their podcast, your clients, whatever you want to do. Yes. Okay. Um, One last thing that I want to leave with is that if this resonates with you, that you're on like you're not hearing this as a mistake, right? I don't believe in coincidences. I feel like you're hearing this for a reason. And if it resonated with you, go down the rabbit hole. Like just yeah. go down the rabbit hole. Keep learning. We're always gonna be learning, right? That's just how it is. There's always new information out. There's always more to learn. And keep doing that because you deserve to feel better. And if you're in a place where you just feel like you're fine or things are okay, like know that you deserve to feel better than that and that you can feel better than that and just take it one step at a time and you're not broken. It's not that you're not the problem. Your approach is the problem. And it's because of what society tells us to do and what we see that's normal and like what successful people are doing or whatever, that's not helping us. So really tap into your intuition. What feels good to you? What's the next aligned step that you want to take? Um, start reading books, listening to podcasts, making small changes one step at a time. I always recommend starting with the morning, like I said in the beginning, because it's the easiest time that we have to control and know that it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to see you know radical results after a week of changing things. It's a long game. This is a marathon this is not a sprint, like especially with your hormones. And it's not like once they get in balance, they just stay in balance. Things happen because it responds to our internal and external environment. If we're extra stressed or we're traveling or a pandemic happens or you lose your job or something like that, like we are going to get back out of balance. So learning this information and knowing how to identify what's actually going on in your body and then how to support it using nutrition, lifestyle supplementation is the most powerful tool you can have because you're going to need that forever and ever and ever because we're going to have imbalances that just happen in our body. So not aiming for, for perfection, listening to your intuition and taking it one step at a time is what I would really um, recommend doing. And um, and then what's your, oh, where could find me? Okay, yeah. So yeah. Where, where you can find me um, on Instagram at Corinne Angelica, the Mind Your Hormones podcast. I have tons of information over there. I have, depending on when this is airing, I have different programs that are running each month. Um, do you know when this is going to air? Um, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday. So like two weeks ish. Okay. Okay. So yeah, depending on when you're listening to this, just come chat with me on Instagram or on my podcast. Um, and let me know what's going on, what you want help with. I'll let you know what programs I have offered right now. Um, so many cool different ways that we could work together. And I would absolutely love to hear from you and to see if you resonate with this podcast and what's going on in your world and possibly get the opportunity to work with you one day. Perfect. And I will add, if you want to send all that info over to me after this, I can put it down in the show notes. That way they can easily um, find you. But thank you so much for coming on. I 
love this episode and like just the small shifts that I've already been making from listening to your podcast over since you started it, which I feel like you haven't had it for that long, but like, I feel like it's moving mountains. Like it's like the approach that we need in the world. So thank you. Thank you so much, Michaela. I loved being on here and chatting with you. I so appreciate you and thank you for having me. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon. 